All right, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to Tonecast number 66. Today, I'm going to be sitting down, well, not sitting down, I guess, talking on the phone with uh, Nick of Greer Amps. Nick Greer is a fantastic pedal and amp builder based in Athens, Georgia, and him and I have been buddies in this industry for quite some time, and I, uh, I enjoy the way he runs his business and his um, very cool products. So we'll jump into a lot of conversations with him in just a minute. We've got a lot of uh, off-the-cuff, if you will, stuff that we'll be talking about, but we're, we're excited to share that conversation with you. As always, uh, thank you for your support this summer. We uh, have been charging through the summer. We had a great August, and we're still working on this big release that we're we're scheming up for uh, October of 2020. So those who are listening to this, I'm going to keep teasing this release. We have kind of a pseudo date range for this release, we hope. And like everything else, we, we hope it goes according to plan. It may or may not, but we're doing our best to uh, hit this, uh, you know, sometime in October release for, for something very new. So if you're curious about what that is, you might want to be on our newsletter to know, uh, be the first to know when this uh, new release comes out, and uh, it's very cool. I'm very excited about it. The team's very excited about it. We've been doing a lot of content creation for this as well over the last uh, couple weeks in testing and, and all sorts of stuff. So I'm I'm very, very excited about it and what it will be for, for our business. Um, so that's all I can say right now, but hopefully you're, you're ready and raring for uh, what that will be because um, we are definitely stoked here about it. Before we get into that interview with Nick, I want to talk about uh, our pickup chooser again. Go to our website, porterpickups.com. You'll see the information for the pickup chooser. We've been getting a lot of those um, daily, actually, people filling it out. We love uh, giving you a call back or emailing you back with some recommendations for your guitar. It's a simple form that actually makes it easier for us to narrow down the selection for your guitar. You can actually fill this form out, tell us about your gear and about your your guitar that you want to change the pickups out with, and we'll send you back a personal recommendation uh, based on your answers and based on the models that we created, and we kind of find you this uh, perfect match, if you will. Uh, so check that out. Give it a shot. It's uh, no obligation. Uh, we're not going to force you to buy anything. We're not going to pressure you either. Uh, we're just going to talk about gear and see if we might have a solution for you. So check that out at porterpickups.com. So let's jump into that conversation I had with Nick of Greer Amps. All right, welcome to the Tonecast, and this is uh, episode 66, like I mentioned in the intro, and I'm joined today by my buddy uh, Nick Greer from Greer Amps. Uh, how's it going, Nick? It's going. It's a day. It's a day. Man, it's a Monday, right? We were we were kind of texting earlier in today just how... Are we still doing, are we still doing days? I, I, I think I, it's... Well, it's Monday somewhere. It's. I didn't know. I, I honestly had no clue that it was Monday. Like, I mean, that's the honest to God truth. I don't. Like, I mean, I wear the same thing. I do the same thing. Like seven days a week, or however many days there are in a week now. I don't know. They could have changed that by now. Yeah, it, Pluto, it might be Pluto's different. not a planet anymore, so you never know. Um. I, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I just ever since COVID hit, and you know, I, I went into self isolation here in the house. Uh, all days are the same. Yeah, yeah. So, are you finding you you got more time to create, being that you're home and and less time in the shop, or, or how has that kind of dynamic worked out for you? So, yes, I have more time to create. Number one, uh, number two, my favorite thing is actually tweaking our our products and like getting them dialed in. Which um, 
you know, like, I mean, like I do that on every product that we release, but like, I don't, you know, as much as I do, as much as anyone else does that owns a business at some point, you hit the release button and then you go, Oh wait, we could have done a couple of things a little different on that. Um, and, uh, you know, the beauty of being stuck at home is that I'm stuck at home with a shop full of parts. Um, and a lot of time to, uh, to tweak on things in between builds. And so like, we're so slammed right now that like part of it is part of the time I'm, I'm tweaking on, on ideas. And then, uh, you know, I use the, I use the tweaking time, I guess, as like a little bit of a gap, um, between some build time. Uh, because like a lot of time I'm building, uh, cause we're just so backed up that the guys are at the shop building, you know, and, um, and they're, they're slinging stuff out as, as, as fast as they can. And on top of it all, I'm, I'm doing orders here from the house as well. Um, which is something that I hadn't been doing for a while. Uh, I haven't, I haven't actually built pedals in a long time. Um, just because the minutia of running a business will absolutely dominate your time. But, uh, yeah. you know. As of as of late, um, I've had I've had less of that because uh, there's just you know there's not as much stuff to do whenever the world's kind of like whenever a lot of things are on pause. I guess you know uh, there's you know I didn't have to prepare for Nam. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I'm not having to worry about packing the crate. I'm not having to, you know. There's a lot of things that uh, it's really weird. I, I I miss certain things like Nam. I, I I wish that Nam was a thing because I miss people. I miss peopling. I miss seeing people. Um, <laughs> but that'll happen again whenever it, whenever it needs to. But that's the thing, you know, like a, there's just a lot of time. There's a lot of space now uh, to do for the builds to happen, but also for the tweaking to happen. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that we feel a lot, a lot the same here in the shop is just like when everything hits, you kind of there's certain things you can and can't do or or you got more space to, like you said, to create and to just do what you love. And sometimes the the dynamics of running the business sort of uh, dominate some of your weeks. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, I haven't, I haven't tweaked this pedal and I've been wanting to mess with it. And now all of a sudden, so I, I'm, I'm seeing this, we've been having this podcast through, throughout the summer, a new guest every week from different parts of the industry. And I'm seeing sort of that uh, theme of creativity and resilience kind of coming through pretty much in everyone's story. Cause that's the only choice we have at this point is to just, just charge through it. But uh, maybe, yeah, it sounds like, you know, if there's any other positives, I think that, that you've seen, maybe you could share some of those, like what's come out of yeah, this I mean, for you. So for me, like a big thing for, for uh, my, my wife, Erin and I, um, Brian, you know who Erin is, but mm-hmm. the rest of the listeners don't know that. Erin uh, is my wife. Um, she's actually sitting in, in a, like she's on the other side of a wall from me right now. Uh, she's working her job remotely. And uh, so we're both work from home. Um, but for Aaron and I, what we've found is that there's just a, we just have a lot of time to kind of reevaluate the things in, in our lives that are really important to us. Um, it gave us a time where we had to kind of sit down and take stock of, of some things. Um, and so COVID has been, um, you know, I guess if there's a silver lining, it's been one of those things where we've, you know, been kind of forced into a position of like, hey, you know, you you really need to think about what you're doing and think about why you're doing it, you know? Um, because I mean, the, what you're doing, that part is easy. Like, I mean, you know, I know what I do. Um, I know what I enjoy The Why you do it. That's, that's the part that's always like the, like, well, like, why are you doing that? Well, I mean, you know, for money. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's great. But is that, is that really, 
a good enough reason to do some things, you know? And so mm-hmm. like, it's one of those things where like, there's like, you know, kind of evaluating things and saying, okay, well, like, are we doing this for money? Are we doing this because we're passionate about it? Are we doing this for, you know, and then like being able to sit down and really take stock of some things. And you, you know, that we have some huge life changes coming up. Um, the rest of the, of, of the world doesn't, but we may as well discuss that. Uh, because, uh, because you know, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna keep it under wraps for too much longer. I mean, I've been talking about it on Instagram, on on live stream. So Aaron and I are moving to Oregon, and part of the reason is that you know, we finally had a chance to kind of sit down and evaluate what we're doing here in Georgia. Yeah. You know, and we 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 found that like you know, while we enjoy our life here, there are certain parts about it that we can't um, we can't change. You know, there are certain things we just can't change here. Um, that we feel like we really want to change. And, uh, you know, not, not that I expect Oregon or the Pacific Northwest or anything else to be like the, uh, the answer to anything, but I think that it is a part of an answer. Yeah. Yeah. Change of scenery and, yeah. and you're not really restarting Greer amps by any means, but you're restarting no. your, your life, which is ultimately more important than, you know, what you put inside of a box. Right. Yeah, and I should probably go ahead and say, like, before everyone freaks out and thinks that they're not going to be able to get pedals or amps or anything like that, <laughs> uh, that's not the case. Um, we're, we're, we have a system in place that's going to allow us to run uh, two shops set up, one on the East Coast, which will still be here um, in Athens, Georgia, um, and one out there with me. Uh, so, like, nothing's going to, like, if anything, we're going to be, we're going to end up being a better company for it um, because our system that's in place, um, we've worked on it internally for a while now, you know, and uh and I think we've got a good system going. Um, you know, uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, as as things progress. But you know, there's there, there's never any way to know how things are going to turn out until you test the system. But the system as it is. Um, once again, if there's a silver lining to COVID, it's that you know I'm working from home and haven't been in the shop since February 27th on a regular basis. So um, you know, we're what what we're almost. Uh, how long is that? I don't know. Is it's that, five years. Is that, I think. Is that, that, that's over. That's over six months. It looks like yeah. where I haven't really been in, been in the shop and like actually physically in the shop. Um, you know, but I've been able to do what I do, what I need to do to help the guys out from home. I've been able to, um, and they've been able to do, you know, their jobs without me being present, you know? So obviously the systems and processes that we put in place years ago, a few years back, um, you know, obviously those systems and processes are working. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's, like I said, you know, there, you were asking about silver linings. There you go. So you get time to evaluate some things and it kind of, you know, for us, it kind of tested some things and uh, the, the, the test has been a successful test so far. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the business is put to the fire. If your systems are really, really good and they're really true, true systems, then they should be able to withstand some some crazy stuff i mean i don't think anyone was was planning on withstanding something like this but at the same time i think that that does show you that that you have the freedom to to kind of run the shop remotely which is uh you know most people now are are doing this remote work (laughs) deal where they didn't think they were going to you know six months ago and right i i didn't think that i could do what we're now talking about doing you know but now like I said, you know, uh, through this, we've, we found, you know, that, Hey, like it's, it's a possibility, you know, Hey, like suddenly Aaron and I are, we're, we're, we're seeing the ability to, uh, to go and, uh, you know, live, live a different life Hmm. slightly, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's, uh, you know, similar, like my wife and I lived in Memphis for a while and I've shared that on the podcast, but we did, we did come out, uh, back to, to Boise and I hadn't started anything at that point where there was technically a, I had been messing with guitars a long time before that, but, um, that was sort of our thing that spurred the business on is like, Hey, let's go out here and let's, um, be in a place where we can get outside and, and go hiking and go jump in the lake and whatever. And, and also do what we want to do is in terms of chase this guitar d- dream that we have and, and, uh, pickups and all these other things. So can definitely relate with you on that. You did mention something about like the NAM show. And so I, I talked to a couple people. I'm hoping to have some someone from NAM on. I have I have someone working on scheduling someone here, but um, no summer NAM. And then we just got the news, you know, just a couple of weeks ago that no winter NAM. And uh, has that changed any of your kind of outlook on the industry itself, or are you just kind of uh, kind of rolling with it at this point? Have you given it any thought? Um, boy, I I I would not ever even dare to. Uh, throw an outlook on any industry out there right now, yeah, right. Uh, given what we're seeing. Uh, like if you had asked me, like if, if you would, if you would back at, at, at Windernam, the last time that you and I were in the same room with one another, mm-hmm. uh, which feels like it was seven years ago, but it was earlier this year. Um, yeah. like we, uh, like you and I were discussing a couple of different things about what we saw in the future, where we saw things going and all these different things. And you know what? It's all out the door. None of it matters. Um, <laughs> we obviously, because, like, we obviously you, didn't do very well about seeing the future. Right. <laughs> I mean, well, if, if you would have told me that we would have the back order situation that we have, the lead time situation that we have, the, the volume of orders that we have, and then you told me the scenario of a worldwide global pandemic, this, let's just call it like it has been, pretty well or pretty badly mishandled um at least here in georgia where i (laughs) it has been um pretty pretty, we'll just say poorly handled by but 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 by thing but by the way that the numbers look i'll say that Mm -hmm. um you know and there's a lot of opinions out there on that but like if if you had given me that scenario and you would have said what do you what do you think is going to happen i mean i don't know I mean, like, I wouldn't have told you what, what's happened. I would, I would have definitely had a different idea as far or a different idea as far as what, what, uh, what would have happened from that scenario. So like, uh, honestly, I, I, you know, I have no clue what the outlook is moving forward. I don't know. Um, it's, it's all a best guess scenario at this point. Yeah. Um, as far as the, 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 the trajectory of the industry is concerned. Um, I, I think that NAM will survive. I think that we'll all be back at NAM at some point in the near future. Um, I don't think that that's going to happen until there's um, a quote cure or vaccine or, um, or unless, you know, everyone becomes a virologist whenever they talk about, about COVID now. And I'm, I don't <laughs> want to do that, but, right, but right. you know, uh, unless, unless it, it, it mutates to a lower state, whatever that means. Um, right. you know, and, and, and there's no longer as not just as deadly, but as, as negative an experience as it seems like COVID is beyond the deadliness, you know, just the, 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 the experience of having COVID from what people have told me has not been a, uh, has not been a fun one. Yeah. But then there's some people that apparently have it and everything's fine. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that, you know, 
I don't think that we get back in the in the room with that number of people and we shake hands and we laugh and joke and you know yell at one another at high volumes until that scenario plays out. You know, yeah. some form of one of those scenarios plays out. Right. And I mean, I heard it say, not to make light of the the COVID thing, but I, we always talk about Nam Thrax and getting sick at Nam, and and some people were saying, well, if we survived getting sick at Nam, maybe we're maybe we're better off to face COVID because we've gone through the the Nam show and we haven't come out come out sick, you know? Yeah, like I mean, like that's the thing. Like you know, this is the this past Nam was the first Nam. <laughs> <laughs> that uh that we that we actually had like hand sanitizer in our booth you know like it was the it was the first nam where uh, there were all these weird precautions that uh that just like i don't know like aaron and i decided hey we're gonna take these precautions like we we, we gotta we gotta aaron and i don't normally get flu shots uh which you know hey i don't i don't i don't know how 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 the how the listeners feel about that but it is what it is we don't normally do that but this past Nam, right before we got on the plane, we got a flu shot, like a, a couple of, a couple of days before, you know, because we heard there was there was a bad flu out in California, um, you know. So we decided, hey, we'll we'll get a flu shot this year. So we did that, you know. And uh, then we got to California, and the, one of the first things we did, I remember talking to you. I was sitting in the Target parking lot after I'd gone in and bought them out of hand sanitizer, <laughs> um, you know. And, and you know, I, I I don't know why, but like that was the first time that we had done that. Like, and you know, like we just had we always had extra hand sanitizer, and we were telling people, hey, swing by the booth, get some hand sanitizer. You know, like if, whether you come in or play, you can and, and play or not, you can you can get some hand sanitizer. I don't care. You know, and um, you know, I don't know. We were we we, we were hand sanitizing the the, the the whole NAM convention, as far as I was concerned. It didn't matter to me. But like, just one of those weird things where like that was just a thing that happened spontaneously and i don't know it's 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 always interesting the weird things that happen like that (laughs) and little did you know you could have kept all that and resold it in may for right um, millions of dollars right (laughs) right come come now i would have been a millionaire but instead i was giving it out for free at now yeah you know (laughs) but, but yeah i mean like that's the thing you know like it's it's a uh it's it's i don't know this is this is such a strange year and it's been such a strange occurrence everything about it has been very um i don't know very interesting uh you know and everyone's got their stories about well i think i had it i think this i think that you know um and i don't know i like i said i'm i'm i've kind of hit the point of like i don't even want to participate in the conjecture i just want to figure out what's real and what's not nowadays (laughs) yeah no i i mean that's that's like all you can do and i think i think when everything hit for us there was a lot of understandable myself included there's a lot of fear like uncertainty well what's what's this going to do for me uh you know when the local authorities are calling my business a non-essential what is that supposed to look like you know and how how does that actually uh play out in in terms of what i'm supposed to do with my crew and and how i manage that but at the same time, yeah, it, how do you how do you tell, how do you tell someone that they're not essential? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, you know, can, can someone from the county come and please handle that conversation with them because like they feel pretty essential, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's um, like, big, we, were, I gotta, we were lucky. We, we we were lucky in in that aspect because uh, you know we're in Athens and Athens is a college town. There's not a lot of manufacturing here. It's not a not a great environment for business um, because of the, the some of the some of the local government stuff, but um. But it's one of those things where, like, you know, as a, as a manufacturer, I guess we, you know, I guess that's how we got around it. I don't know. Like, we were told that we could 
continue operating because we were a manufacturer here. Um, yeah. You know, so we were, we, we were fortunate in that aspect. Um, you know, un- unfortunately, uh, our shop is directly across from a, uh, a nursing home and it was, it was a nursing home that had, um, I think 11 deaths in it, um, in pretty quick succession right there at the very beginning. I think they may have been the first deaths in the County actually, um, coming out of that nursing home. And I, I kind of watched ambulances show up and stuff like that over a few days. And that was the point where I was like, okay, um, we probably need to like figure out a way to work this so that, you know, everyone is safe as, as safe as they can be and, you know, keep minimize exposure across the board. And so, um, you know, with my, I I have a few, a few, uh, immuno, I, I am an immunocompromised human being. Um, and so with my, uh, with, with my issues, I decided, okay, I'm going to move my stuff to the house. Um, that's one less exposure point for the rest, for, for, for the guys, you know, and, um, you know, I had a conversation with them, told them what I was doing and why I was doing it. And, um, you know, that they gave them my advice on what they should do. And they thankfully followed it. And, um, you know, they've been really safe. So th- thankfully that's been a really good thing. And, you know, like I said, seeing the, Seeing the happenings over at the nursing home kind of set things in motion for us a little bit ahead of some of the other businesses around town. And I think that honestly might have actually helped us, too, with the county. Sure, sure. Might have, that might have helped us uh, stay open because we were just ahead of the curve on on some of the things that we were doing, you know, because yeah, uh, yeah. they asked a few questions. And whenever we answered those questions, they were like, oh, OK, you're, you're good. Keep going. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of these things have been not just health and safety parts of it, but everything's just been about pivoting this year and how, how do you make the right pivot and what, you know, what doors do you jump through and that kind of stuff. And, and I kind of want to switch gears a little bit to guitar yeah. stuff as this is kind of the, a guitar podcast and, and you and I kind of like, kind of like guitars. I mean, we were fans of guitars and, and music and all things surround I mean, surrounding that. They're all right. Yeah. I guess, I guess guitars are all right. Yeah. <laughs> so we we had a couple um, we had a couple interesting conversations. I'm going to start with one that we had at and Summer Nam several years ago, where you suggested that we put three Tele bridges in one of our guitars. Yeah, and three so, Tele bridge pickups. Okay, yeah. so so you and I have gone through this, but maybe you can get on your soapbox a little bit here and and talk to the listeners about um, why put three Tele bridge pickups in a guitar. Uh, because the Tele Bridge pickup, as far as Tele pickups are concerned, are th- that's like the best. That's the best. Like given the option of the neck or the bridge, <laughs> I mean, like some people may, some listeners may disagree with me, and that's fine. There are plenty of people out there that are wrong. Um, but it's like plain and simple. The bridge pickup is the best pickup. It sounds the best. Um, like I mean, like look, like you, you have like Keith Richards. What did he do? He ripped the neck pickup out and replaced it with, with with something else. I mean, you see there, like like you got all these like. Look at look at the uh, what is it? Fender builds the Tele uh, is it Tele Custom that has the, has a, has a humbucker in the neck, you know, the the, the, the wide range in the neck. They didn't, but, but but then they didn't put a wide range in the bridge on that one. Now of course you got the deluxe that of course yeah you got both. But still, what I'm saying, what I'm getting around to is that if you if you wind them right, I think that a three Tele bridge setup is just going to be a, a killer sounding guitar. You got the reflectivity of the bass plate. You got all the clarity that comes out of it. And if you move that to the neck position, probably a really good sound. Yeah. And, guitar. and, and you, you're talking like the whole 
five-way switch, uh, reverse round, reverse polarity middle, right? With that? I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not? Like, I mean, if you want to, if you want to go a little crazy, then just do a three-way and, you know, like have people, you know, figure out a way to make, to, to, to stick it in the middle, you know, to get it stuck in the middle <laughs> position. Yeah. Like, like, like they used to do on strats back in the day. But I mean, you know, if you want to give them set positions, why not give them the five-way? Sure. That's true. I mean, but there's probably some, some crazy stuff going on there with some tele bridge pickups and, and the in-between positions and, yeah, it could be. It could be pretty. Cool. I don't know. You you haven't built the guitar for me yet to check out yet. I you know, so I, I don't know. know. I don't know. I know. Uh, this has been people. This has been a conversation for way too long at this point. Um, yeah. It, it became something that he that, that Brian posted on Instagram for a little while. <laughs> I um, made a meme about it with you exactly. pointing there at was the guitar. A, there, there was a there was a meme made about it at some point. Like at the end of the day, this needs to happen. I, I've I've seen it happening on other people's guitars. I want to hear it in, in, in a port. So, you know, I've seen it and like, it's not, not something that happens all over the place. It's just something that where I've seen it like once here and there, once or twice. Um, but I, I I think you could pull it off and pull it off well, you know, and, uh, you know, just, I'm just hoping that you work the courage up to to give it a good old college try at some point. Yeah. It seems like, you know, I keep, I keep thinking about it, but you know, then the pandemics hit and, um, you know, well, look, you got nothing but time. We just discussed it. <laughs> I was true. That's true. I'm, I, I think what's what the reality is is that I'm running out of excuses, and I'm let I'm down to like the last couple here, and so I'm just trying to hold on and and see if I, I think can. You're just afraid. I think it's a fear thing. Yeah, maybe it is. I'm not sure what I would be afraid of necessarily, but it it probably is. There's something down deep that maybe me as like a a pickup guy after all these years I've been missing some tones that I haven't found yet. You know, we, we design all these crazy pickups and our ricochets and all this cool stuff. But maybe, maybe really the secret has been three tally bridges from the beginning. And well, maybe- I mean like, yeah, possibly that could be it. But you know, sometimes we fear the things that are really the best for us. And you know, maybe <laughs> this is the case. Maybe this is that case. So you think it's a character flaw, basically? Uh, not necessarily a character flaw. Okay. I won't call it a flaw. I'll just say that it's like, you know, it's just, it's a little something that you got to work through. You, yeah. we, we can get beyond this. Yeah, you know, I, and, I know. And I know. It'll be fine. We'll we'll come out better for it on the other side. Definitely. All right. Well, that that is a challenge. So those who are listening to this, um, you should email us at info at porterpickups dot com and ask me if we have uh, built that guard. And we'll do it for our Crosis so we can we can drop that in and check it out sooner than later. Um, maybe that will have to be a a fall project for for Porter just because, just because Nick said so. And, you know, now I'm regretting having him on the podcast, but that's okay. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's never been a better time than right now. That's I mean, true. Like, that's uh, true. You, we keep talking about these long, far off things. And you keep talking about how like there's uh there, there's nothing, we got nothing but time right now. So like, given that that's the case. Yeah. Well, I, like, I, I mean, and know. I guess I, I, I can say, you know, since the beginning of the Tonecast podcast, I've been, I've been wanting to have you on. And now that you actually have come on, I, I feel like I owe it to you to to finish that and to, I, to, to I, do hey that. Man, I, I showed up. You did. I showed up. You did. I'm, I'm really proud yeah. of you. I'm really proud of you for showing up for sure. Um, <laughs> I do want to talk about something else we kind of talked about over the last little, little bit here as well. Is um, I've been I've been really enjoying like seeing Eastman guitars kind of progression, and and you have a few of those Eastman guitars and. Maybe talk about a little bit of 
I'm going to hit you with some rapid-fire gear stuff here, so just get ready. But uh, something with the Eastman guitars, what do you like about them as a brand and, and their playability and, and those kind of things? So the, the Eastman guitars, um, let, let, let me clarify this, because every time I talk about Eastman guitars, everyone thinks that I'm talking about Eastwood guitars. Those are two different companies, Eastman, Eastman, Eastman. There we go, Eastman guitars. The Eastman guitars, um, I, I met uh, one of their guys out at NAMM. Uh, his name was Mark met him, um, had a good conversation with him. I'm good friends with Steven Mosian, who's the guitarist for, uh, for, um, like Sam Bush, uh, and Sam Bush and I were talking about like his mandolins and then Steven Mosian and I were talking about different things. And then like, they both kept bringing up Eastman with me and I was like, yeah, but they're like, you know, they're, 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 they're a Chinese manufacturer. I mean, like how good can the guitars be, you know? And I know that's kind of horrible to think like that, but you know, that's just kind of what ran through my head. Um, and, you know, I, I was like, fine, you know, I'll give it a shot. And uh, so, like, I went and picked one up and played it, and I was, like, blown away by it. And I was like, oh, they can't all be good, you know? And so I, I kind of went down the line at NAMM um, and checked them out, and they were all that good. Um, they were – every one of them was more impressive than the previous one. Um, and, like – I spent a lot of time in their booth to the point that like I became good friends with, with Mark, uh, met him there at the show and everything. And, um, you know, like we, we talked about all kinds of different things and everything. And he's like, dude, he's like, you know, there's some new stuff coming down the line and told me about it. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really amazing if you guys can pull that off. And it turns out they did. Um, so what do I like about the company? Um, the company's building amazing instruments, uh, at a really good price point. They're all hand built. Um, they are right. They're, they're, they're comfortable. Um, they're built right. They have, um, and you know, I know this is the Porter pickup, uh, show, but they, and you know, but, but they, 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 they have American built pickups. We'll, we'll say that they have yeah. American built pickups in them, um, from a couple of different companies actually. Um, but they have, they have American built pickups in them. Um, a lot of them do. Um, and uh, so I have uh, their SB55V uh, sitting right in front of me right now, um, which is uh, it's, it's a single cutaway junior style, um, and it's sunburst, um, and it's it's their it's in their varnish finish. That's what the V stands for at the end. It's the varnish finish. Um, I have that. I have a T64V, um, which is a varnish which is a varnish finish, um, semi holloway double cutaway, or it's double cutaway fully hollow. Sorry about that. Uh, thin line style. Um, and it's got a big Z on it and two P90s. Um, and then I have, um, gosh, what else do I have from Eastman? I have their, uh, their, um, slope shoulder acoustic, um, style. And then I have a, a, another single cutaway that's a carved and arched top or yeah, like, like a carved top, uh, solid body. Um, and, uh, you know, you can go on their website and see what those compare to and you'll immediately know what I'm talking about, but I'm not going to say that on the podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, because, because some companies like to get litigious. Um, That's true. But we're, we're not going to go there, but, um, but the, the guitars are absolutely amazing. They're, they're made out of lightweight quality woods. Um, they ring out, the components are all top quality. They're using CTS potentiometers, orange drop caps as stock. The tuners that they're using are high quality. They're putting a bone nut on the guitars. Um, everything about them is just kind of done right. Um, you know, and I'm I'm a huge fan of tons of different guitar companies. Um, you know, like you know, like B. A. Ferguson, Walsh, Gronlund. I'm sitting here in my 
shop looking around and just saying words that are on headstocks right now because um, I'm surrounded by all these amazing guitars. Abernathy, I'm in love with his guitars. You know, but the Eastman stuff is, is you know, is, is, is high-quality instruments too, uh, especially for their price points. I think they're quite possibly some of the better bang for buck. Yeah, yeah. On the market. I found that too. Um, we were um, we were involved in a store that was an Eastman dealer, and I I hadn't. I think this was pre when they started getting into the more of the electric market. But just some of their acoustics that would come in, I was just like, man, these are fantastic instruments. And I'm like, how much is this thing? You know, it's yeah. really like because I'm you know with acoustics, I'm sort of a, always been an electric guy, and I and I I kind of have a ceiling in my head of acoustic prices, and I just feel like wrong if i go over a certain right. dollar amount just because i've always been an electric guy and i'm like well I, I love i hear these acoustics that are five and six grand and i'm like well that sounds like nothing i've ever heard but then i i just i feel like i can't justify it but then i hear theirs and i'm like okay i can i can get there in yeah. you know yeah. in relative quality and sound and and i would be happy because i didn't like break the bank for for an acoustic when so I, I got the i got the slope shoulder from them, the, the the slope shoulder acoustic from them, um, and whenever I got it, I honestly I, I sold. I, I had another slope shoulder acoustic from a uh, bigger company that liked to get uh, you know some legal people involved with most people, and I sold that one. And you know, I still have my Eastman. Um, and you know, like I I I can't really complain about them. Uh, you know, like I mean. They're just great instruments, um, and so they they feel good. They play good. Every single one that I have is a varnish finish. Um, they do have nitrocellulose fully glossy finishes, um, and I'm normally a nitrocellulose freak. I like love nitrocellulose finishes, but I've got to be completely honest with you. If you could, if you told me you could strip every single guitar that I have and put their varnish finish on them, I I would line up with the sand. I would help you sand the guitars down <laughs> like i was i would be out in, in 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 the hot georgia sun sanding finish off because the um the the, the varnish finish that they do um you know they're violin makers primarily or at least they were violin makers primarily i believe um and um and you know the varnish finishes that they do uh they, they do them in traditional color schemes they, they do a red varnish like like what you see on a violin varnish uh type thing like a reddish kind of orangey color they do a one that's a little more orangey and then they do a sunburst and um and they're all varnish finishes and those varnish finishes are are um they just have this feel to them that is very worn in and comfortable and they look semi-relic all of those varnish finishes do um they do that on purpose uh, of course because why wouldn't you um given the opportunity to relic the finish but they don't have like checking or anything like that but they have this feel to them it just feels worn in and old, and it feels like, like imagine if you bought your favorite T-shirt that you've been washing and drying for five years, but the day that you bought it, it was like exactly the way that you wanted it, that, that it was like three and a half years in, cool. where it was like dialed in. That's that's what these guitars feel like. They feel like a you, you, your most comfy shirt that you've ever had. Yeah, that's awesome. And you mentioned a lot of other guitar brands and stuff. I mean, I, I, I consider you kind of a... Uh, guitar nut like all of us but but you kind of have a thing for creative and unique guitars i find that you you seem to gravitate towards something that's that's different and maybe not just a you know this guy's strat or this guy's telly which you you know you've got your strats and tellies but 
kind of what draws you to different shapes and different designs and what do you like about those those companies who um who are doing something that is a little different well like i you know like i like i like different shapes I like different different uh the, the ergonomics is what it, is what it really comes down to for me um like you know is it comfortable to play um you know does it does it feel right whenever i have it on you know with, with a strap and, and and i'm standing up you know uh, does it does it feel right you know uh, on on me you know um you know like going back to the eastern stuff that's all classic shapes but then whenever you move over to like the abernathy stuff the abernathy stuff looks like a salvador dolly interpretation of a melted clock version of uh fender jagstang on on an acid trip <laughs> you know yeah yeah um it's it's a weird it's a weird looking guitar um the, the sonic empress is, is is the model that i'm talking about that abernathy has and i, I have two of them i have two of the things um and uh, i and i love them uh they're they're great you know um though you know whenever it comes down to it um i i build my own tellies and my own straps um you know and i have the templates for those and i've got a bandsaw and i've I've done that for a few years i take like if, if you come in to, into our booth at nam nine times out of ten if you want to play a strat or a telly it's going to be one that i built um you know because uh i've just done that for you know, a, a little while. I have a custom shop uh, strap that I, that I love, but you know, at the same time, I really also enjoy the ones that I built, and uh, so do the folks in there. Um, so, you know, like the, there are certain things I just like the ergonomics of the of, of the weird shapes. I like the looks of them, um, and also I like the fact that like a lot of these builders that you can work with on some things like like Justin over at Abernathy Guitars. I had the idea of like, hey, let's do you know, three pickups, uh, that are all in like a so far, um, size, you know, case. And, uh, you know, let's, let's do that and let's wire it with two Gibson style, you know, three-way switches that give us all these different tones and everything. And it's nothing new, but like, there are a lot of builders that would have just been like, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I was able to kind of like dream it up and go like, like my, my my black Abernathy that I have that uh, that I got it at Nam earlier this year actually, um, that guitar is like a a dream version of the Abernathy shape that I wanted, which was you know it's solid black you know and it has a black pickguard that's a five ply wide bevel, so it looks like 1970s ish. It's got the three um, the three like uh, P90 style uh, soap bar pickups in it. One of them is actually a a gold foil type and then the next one like the the neck of the gold foil type the middle is like a p90 and uh the bridge is a uh is a mini humbucker actually and uh and so like i've got kind of all the combinations and i was able to kind of map it out to justin what i wanted and i was like and we're gonna do all of that and then i was like okay and i want to do split parallelograms the inlays and i want the headstock painted white you know and he was like wait that doesn't make sense and i was like yeah just do it trust me <laughs> with a thing with, with a singer on the back you know and he's like all right fine we'll do it you know and um like that's the thing that's what i that's what i like about about a lot of these companies is you can go to them with like a, a an idea and like kind of map it out and and they'll build you what you want you know yeah, um, yeah. and you're terrible uh, if, if, if 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 it doesn't if it doesn't sound good and it doesn't doesn't it doesn't like work right then that's your fault but you know uh, so long as you've got some things figured out and you've kind of really thought these things out a lot of these companies will build you what you want you know um and so like i work with him but then you know on the other end of that i, I work with like boot from ba ferguson where he and i worked together in order to develop the flyweight you know um 
And that's actually a, really a no option. That, that's the opposite end of things where it's like, where it's like, it's stripped down, it's rock and roll. It's so simplified and so simple that we're not going to get you the options. We're going to give you like, like it's basically our, like, like what, what we build in the mini chief in the form of a guitar. Yeah. Simple yeah. and no nonsense and, right. and affordable. Simple, no nonsense, crank it and stop complaining. Let's just have some fun. You know, like, just play music like, and stop touching the knobs. Right. And <laughs> but, like the, the whole idea behind the flyweight was that, you know, like it was, it came from, from, you know, my childhood, which was like, you know, I, I like, I, I grew up in a, in a small town in South Georgia that had a music store in it, but I could never, I, I couldn't afford the guitar that I wanted. Um, you know, and, and I was like, I don't know. I, that, that kind of stuck with me over the years. And I think that like the flyweight, the whole idea with the flyweight was like, you know, Hey, like let's, um, let's get this to a place. Let, let, let's get this idea, uh, to a place where, you know, uh, you know, 15, 16 year old could work a, a summer job at a grocery store, you know, save up some money and be able to buy the guitar that he wants. Yeah. And I mean, you it's like you're thinking about yourself and then fast forwarding to, you know, little, little Johnny that's just like you wanting to get into guitar and, and want, but, but knowing that he's going to get something that's actually good and it's not a struggle right. to it, play. It's a quality instrument versus the, uh, Arbor made by Washburn, made by someone else, made by someone else acoustic that I've bled all over for, you know, a year <laughs> trying to learn how to play a G chord. It looks like the, <laughs> fret, the fretboard is like a skateboard ramp, right? It's just, oh, that, <laughs> you don't even know how bad that thing was warped. Um, you know, but, uh, <laughs> But it's, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you're going to, you're going to, you know, if little Johnny goes and buys that guitar, he's going to be able to play it like for the rest of his, of, of his guitar playing life. And that's the thing, you know, like it's not something that's built just for little Johnny. You know I mean? I've got a video of Richard Fortas from Guns N' Roses playing my red one at NAMM and he's grinning from ear to ear, you know? Um, and he loved it, you know? And that's the thing. It, it comes down to uh, one of those things where you, like, if you play guitar long enough, eventually you get to the point where you play like a Les Paul Jr., which I'm obsessed with Les Paul Juniors. You end up playing like a Melody Maker. And then you, whenever you play a Junior and a Melody Maker and then you kind of play them back to back, you realize there are some subtle nuances that just are different about those two guitars and about the way that they play, about the way they feel, even though they're kind of almost the same. I mean, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a Les Paul Jr., and I have a, a melody maker, and they both have the same pickup in it, literally. But they play different, they feel different, they sound different, and it's there's a lot of different things that go on there. And so you have these little subtle nuances that just don't really, or th- th- that are th- that are separate amongst those guitars. And so that's kind of the idea with the with the flyweight was like, hey, like let's go back to the student model, like the original student model, like before the before like the Les Paul Junior was the was a student model, you know, let's look at like what the Melody Maker was. And the Melody Maker was thin. It was really thin. It was lightweight. It was something that, you know, ex students could play. You know? Yeah. And uh and it wasn't it wasn't anything that they spent a ton of time on. So like the finish level wasn't as, you know, glossy as it was still nitrocellulose lacquer, but it just wasn't as glossy, you know, as 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 a full on Les Paul Jr. and that kind of a thing. So it's like, okay, let's let's kind of bring some of these ideas back but then you know my obsession with guitars all kind of hinges on these weird harmony and and uh airline and silvertone guitars and so 
I always have to blend a little bit of that in. So <laughs> that's where that comes from. It's yeah. kind of a mix of those two things. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I think that's what's so cool about guitars is that, you know, you go through these sometimes weird cycles where you're like, man, I, or a lot of times what I'll do is I'll, I'll have a type of guitar. Maybe it's a semi-hollow and I'll have it for a while. Maybe I, maybe I'll sell it. Or, you know, a lot of times we'll get a shop demo in the guitar in here in the shop and we'll load pickups in it, make our demos. And then someone will come in and want to buy it. And we'll just, you know, we'll kind of cycle through gear a little bit just because that's kind of how we, how we do it. And, and then you get that like bug some days where you're like, I want to play a 335 today and I don't have one or or whatever it is. You know, it's just like these strains or you're like, I want to play a, a strat with a, with a tremolo or a hardtail strat, just something different. And then you don't and have... And then you're on reverb for like five hours mm-hmm. while your wife is staring at you on the couch going, why are you still looking at that? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I mean, and we have excuses, you know, as... as uh, husbands and, and guitar business owners, we, we kind of have excuses of, you know, we need this for, for product uh, testing. You know, I need to know how, you know, this really nice guitar was going to sound through my new amp I'm working on or my, my new pedal, right? I can do my work. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't work without this. I have to have this. Exactly. Exactly. And it, I mean, it, it doesn't quite work, but we keep trying, you know, we do our best yeah, and, I- and, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, 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 I joke, but both of our wives are very supportive of what we're doing. And, oh. and I think that, that that's the reason you and I can do what we do is because our wives are a big part of, of, of. The, I have one of the best support teams in, on the planet in, in, in Aaron, you know, like, uh, you know, I don't, I, thankfully I don't have to, I, I, like, I don't have the horror stories that everyone else does, you know, um, uh, you know, I've got, I, you know, I don't have to have arguments about buying new guitars, um. You know, like I, I don't, I'm just responsible with what I buy, um, yeah. you know, and I think that that, I think that that level of respect is, uh, is reflected back, you know? Totally. Yeah. I mean, it makes a big difference just to have that support for sure. Uh, one last question I got for you before we, uh, end the show here, just, uh, maybe it's some... about to be over. I know. See, I told you, we just, we just talk and we just record and, and I do, you know, I do miss the fact that we can't see each other at NAMM shows, but maybe, you know, as you're over on this side of the country that that'll change a little bit but uh, where do you see where do you see besides maybe transition in terms of location for you um kind of where do you see your company kind of fitting into the industry as as we're looking into you know somewhat of an unknown i guess in terms of of dynamics right now but kind of what's the future of greer amps in your mind i don't really know um (laughs) Like, you know, that, that's one thing that I've, uh, I've really tried to stop looking too far ahead, um, through like Aaron and I started doing meditation and I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but we read, uh, Eckhart Tolle's uh, book, the power of now. And there's a lot of like, there's a lot to be said for being in a moment, you know, in, mm-hmm. in a moment, in, in the moment. And there's a lot to be said for planning as well. Um, you know, and so like trying to find the balance there has been interesting question mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, you know, like I, I, as far as like fitting into the industry is concerned, you know, I think we have our place. I think we, um, I think we have a, we have a very good customer base that, um, I absolutely adore and love and they come by and see us at NAM, uh, both at summer NAM and at winter NAM. Um, you know, and I mean, heck like the, my parents go to summer Nam a lot. Um, this past summer Nam was the first summer Nam that they didn't 
they didn't go to, I think. Um, but you know, like we even have, we even have customers that, that come by just to give my parents a hug and say, Hey to them, you know, I mean, like we have some amazing customers. And so like, where do we fit in the industry? I don't, I don't know, but I know that, you know, like we're, we have what we have and I'm very thankful for that. Um, yeah. you know, um, that, that's always a really difficult for me to think of and, and answer because honestly, like I've got my head down and I don't really have very much of a perspective of where we fit in the, in the industry right now, much less where we're going to fit in the industry in a few years or, yeah. well, <laughs> or, I think... or down the road, especially, especially in this, um, it, with, with this situation that's playing out right now, you know, yeah, yeah. um, I, I, I think that we're going to continue to grow. We're going to be running the, the, the dual shop set up. I think we'll be able to produce more amp models. Um, of course, more pedal models will be coming. They're always, um, rolling around in my head, you know, and, um, I think we'll be able to, 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 to just build the company, build the business and, um, look for more efficiencies and get more product out there. Um, you know, and I think that that's the big thing for us is, the name of the game for us is finding those efficiencies and making sure that we're delivering um, the highest quality product that we possibly can. Um, that's been the name of the game from, from day one. And we strive to have one of the lowest return rates as far as, uh, as far as service is concerned, um, you know, on in, in the industry. And we do have one of the lowest uh, service rates of for, for products in, in the field. Um, our products just don't have, some of the issues that that, that, that others do. Yeah, and I, I think for me, one of the things that I've I've always respected about the way you do things is that you're always trying to chase a sound in your head and create something based on that chase, not necessarily based on, um, you know, based on like cloning or based on something else that someone's already created. Sometimes there's influences yeah. and inspiration, but you're you're usually charging forward, like you said, keeping your head down, and I think you're you one of the things is is i feel like a lot of customers gravitate towards you because you are authentic and that you're able to to just continue to create and not kind of lose sight of that where you know it's not all of a sudden you come out with um some weird product that is like totally not you know like scented candles or something like that you know like <laughs> well let me tell you about my oh, new no. uh, my new line of <laughs> my, my, my new line of aromatherapy uh you know candle no, um, it smells like, like uh, solder, solder flux, right? That's the, the right. It, it smells. It smells like solder flux and and bearded man sweat. <laughs> um, but no, like I, you know, like I I have a sound that like I, I'm I love doing what I do. Um, you and I talked about this one time, and I told you this. I, I you know if like and and I'll just say it like it, if people only knew like the amount of struggle and everything that went into getting this to where it is right now, they'd understand that like, if I didn't love this, I would not be doing it. Yep. Um, yeah. Like I have a passion for what I do and I love doing what I do. And that all starts with a sound that's in my head that, that, that might've come off of a record that I heard whenever I was younger or might've been um, like a lot of the sounds are from my childhood, from like, some of the bars and places like that that were that were across the street from you know places that that I would spend time you know like where I would hear something coming out of those places you know and uh, so a lot of a lot of a lot of my my, my inspiration comes from that and you know I, I'm always cha- I am always chasing a sound in my head 
that's it. I'm always trying to nail a sound in my head and however we get there is however we get there. Um, and you know, the majority of the time it's something where we start with a white piece of paper and I start designing and strangely enough, you know, you, once you get, I, I think this is the experience for other people, I, I hope. Um, but once you get to a point where you've engineered enough pedals, you can kind of hear how the components sound as you're kind of drawing the schematic uh, the, the initial schematic out. Um, I know that that sounds really weird, but, um, and maybe, maybe that's the way it is for some people. Maybe it's not, I don't know. Um, uh, if not, I'd probably just sound like I'm, you know, talking crazy, but you know, that's the thing. Like I, you know, by the time I get a schematic drawn up and I start to build the prototype, um, I kind of have an idea of where we're going and I, and, well, I, I know where we're trying to go and I kind of have an idea that we're going to get at least part of the way there. And then it's going to be tweaking from that point forward, you know, um, like there's this one pedal that that we wanted to do that that a large company asked us to design um, for them, and um, it was based on the uh, Thin Lizzy sound from like, like that opening uh, to Jailbreak, that da 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 that kind of mm-hmm. sound that was that's in that it's in the, it's like right there. And as soon as I do that or I say the word Jailbreak, a lot of people that know that song are immediately hearing it in their head. It's a very unique sound, um, you know, and uh, I sat down and, you know, drew up a schematic and, you know, a week later we had prototype boards and we built the, the, the prototype and it took like three resistor changes and we were there and boom, it was, it was, it was spot on. It never got released, unfortunately. Um, I have the prototype sitting here and who knows, it may be a thing one of these days. Uh, so if you like Thin Lizzy, let me know. Um, <laughs> if, if, you, if you're really into that sound, let me know because uh, I'm really into that sound. I'm playing the prototype on a regular basis, but you know, it's like I would love to put that thing out at some point. But um, but yeah, I mean, like it's that kind of a thing, and that's the thing. I've you know, whenever someone contacts me and they say, "Hey, like we're looking for," like in that instance, they contacted me and they were like, "Hey, we're looking for a sound from like this era," you know, and I was like, in my head, I went to them with you know, I was like, "Let's, what about this sound?" And they were like, "Yes, that's like that, that's exactly it. That's what we're looking for." You know, and um, that's the thing. I'm always just chasing. I'm chasing these ghosts of of, of of sorts. You know, and those ghosts are really just sounds. Yeah, yeah, man, that's so good. And I think that that's that's where where you really make a difference in the industry is just chasing those sounds in your head. And man, I appreciate you coming on the show today. And uh, why don't you leave us with uh, just a couple places people can find out more about uh, who are maybe not familiar or just haven't checked you out in a while. Um, website and some social links if you could and we'll also put these in the uh, show notes as, as well for those that can just click on it and go to to the sites awesome uh, greeramps.com for the website instagram we are at greeramps on facebook we switch it up and confuse you a little bit because we're greer amplification there but uh, we're not very active on facebook anymore because it's become a place where parents go to argue and <laughs> I don't participate in that anymore I'm with you so, there so we're not very active on Facebook. So if you're not on Instagram, you're probably missing a lot. Um, follow us over there on Instagram and all that stuff. And uh, if I can do one thing, uh, I want to I want to do this. Um, everyone, email Brian and um, <laughs> force him to make the Greer wines, the Porter Greer wines, mm, available yes. on his website because those pickups are amazing. You will love them. Um, and, uh, you know, he has permission to, to, to sell those. So like I get emails about them on a regular basis. Um, 
get them from Brian. He's he's great. He's great. Brian Fruman, you. you'll like it. You'll like it. You'll enjoy it. Uh, it's it's all American, all good, all fun. You know. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to have another show about those. I think we'll have to. The Greer wines are a lot of fun. I mean, they are. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't even know if you've even played them. I think I I think I've played them, and I think I heard them at one point when I was uh, over that direction. The one. Yeah, you heard them here, and you were like, you were like, "What are those pickups?" And I was like, "Uh, "Well, they're the Greer wines." (laughs) Who wound those? (laughs) Sorry. What are those pickups? They sound great. Oh, those are these are the ones. Yeah. That you made for us. Yeah. Right. So yeah, there we go. I'm see there there. You go now you have multiple reasons to regret multiple. putting me on your show. i know i i know i was thinking it was like truth be told you know this is one of those we had a couple of cancellations and i'm super desperate so i do appreciate you being uh, on, see there i'm just i'm just know, the desperation you're just point. you're just the you're just the last one you know like looking down the the you know i was gonna say rolodex but I, that, I, I am i am the bottom of the barrel people right that's me right but yeah man the so dregs, good the, the dregs of society yeah <laughs> yeah, so good to have you on the show today, Nick. Thanks so, for being here. And uh, yeah, you guys need to check out his pedals because they have some mind-blowing sounds. And uh, we'll catch you next time on the, the podcast next week.